Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Liberace's obsession with rings, Rolls Royce, rhinoplasty, and renal sex. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Please don't be unhappy. I can't stand it when you have a face like that. Especially after all the money I paid for it. I want to be everything to you, Scott. (laughs) I want to be your father, brother, lover, best friend. I have an eye for new and refreshing (laughs) talents. You have an eye for new and refreshing dick. Cue the theme song. song. (laughs) Now, Jack, I want to talk to you about doing some surgery on Scott here. What? What would you like me to do with Scott? I want you to make Scott look like this. Can you do that? You scumbag piece of shit! Very fucking queen cocksucker! Oh yes, I think I can do what you want. We gotta slim him down. I have a terrific diet. The California diet. How dare you! How fucking dare you, Lee! I could kill you! I could fucking kill you! If possible, we'd like you to convince Scott to admit himself to a hospital for treatment. At our expense. You know what? Fine. If this is how he wants to handle this kind of situation, then I want to leave. Oh, all right. Weird. Okay. Um, hello. How are you? Let's go around. Sometimes you want to move around things. Sometimes you want to get in front of things. And sometimes you want to get behind the candelabra. Oh, oh shit. shit. This is a... HBO movie, uh, which was kind of big at the time because none of the major studios wanted to touch this, apparently. Um, Directed by Steven Soderbergh. No. Is that right? Yes, he did. Okay. Um, Because it was based on a book by one of the characters portrayed in here, Scott Thorson. Um, So Steven Soderbergh directs. We have Michael Douglas, Matt Damon, Dan Aykroyd, Scott Bakula, Rob Lowe, Debbie Reynolds, um... Uh, a few other Paul Reiser makes a little appearance here and one or two other people you would no doubt recognize in this um, behind the scenes take of Mr. Liberace's life. His name was Frank Liberace. If you didn't know, folks, we found out we looked. No, I don't know if that's the case. He's just Liberace. It was Walter. The dude. Walter. Was it Walter? Yeah. His and his last name, name Liberace. He, he bitches about his name being Walter and how silly that is in the movie. <laughs> It's only silly when you're uh, Liberace in final format. (laughs) It doesn't quite fit. Um, So this movie, uh, there's some really interesting things about it, including that Robin Williams... It's actually Wazju Valentino Liberace. Wazju. It's like, seriously, it's not Walter. It's fucking impossible to pronounce unless you're Polish, I think. Ah. Wazju. Wazju? Wazju... I was pretty Liberace, sure everybody. Yeah. If that was right, my name, um, I probably would your, have just gone I'll by that. I'll trust your ears over uh, Wikipedia, I guess. <laughs> Definitely um, over so Wikipedia. Movie... <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> anybody can put anything in there. I'm going to actually change Liberace's name to Frank, like we discussed after this Go uh, ahead. Podcast. It was Walter what you said, and in five minutes it'll be changed back because you don't know how Wikipedia works. <laughs> well, even that sounds like it might be true. Minutes. 
So uh, behind the candelabra is based on Scott Thompson, Scott Thorson. So it's Scott Thompson, uh, not a kids in the hall guy. It was Scott, Scott Thorson, um, based on his uh, biography um, that was released around his relationship with the musician, mu- musical genius. I guess we would call Liberace because this guy could play piano. Um, think of a uh, lounge singer on uh, rhinestone steroids. That's Liberace. This guy. You go watch. A guy that just rails diamond powder. Yeah. There's two things that are insanely obvious about Liberace when you go back and watch his stuff. Uh, That (laughs) Some people only seem to get one out of two things. One is that he's such an incredible performer and musician. It's like ridiculous to watch his stage show. It's very good the way he interacts with the crowd. Quite breathtaking. Uh, just like his outfits, because this man is also insanely gay uh, and no no bad about that. It's just people did not seem to know even back then, like that women were like fawning over this guy who was so obviously into dick, um, which I just find really funny. So different people, different exposures to things, and they I guess they didn't pick it up and a tabloid tried to out him as gay and he was able to sue them. And it's all very, very interesting. I love the way that they show that in the beginning when Matt Damon comes in with uh, Bacula. Yeah. They're going to watch Liberace for the first time. And then Matt Damon even says, like, I can't believe this guy's so popular. He's for considering how gay he is. And Bacula's like, they don't know that. And yeah. it's like, it's, it's like such a profound confusion that you have at that moment. You're like, how fucking oblivious were people yeah. that they didn't like... That's why that's why representation matters. People didn't know anything about gay people to the point of there was a flamboyantist gay of the flamboyant gays <laughs> on stage in front of them. Yeah. You know? And they're like, like oh, I hope he marries me. It's like, no, that's <laughs> lady, that's not gonna happen. Wonder what kind of women he's into. Yeah. Like the, the kind of a, if, you know, if the rings there. didn't give it away, the cape certainly should have. Um like this made me think of other things as well for people not recognizing because once we hit the 80s we started to have like even some of the late 70s we started to have like the hair metal bands and things like that which i don't think were gay i don't know but they certainly leaned that way in terms of the the hair and the makeup and all the other stuff that uh that seemed to be about the band's images so i i don't know man there's there was a disconnect in whether that was intentional or not for people uh, or just ignorant or whatever. Interesting times now, for sure, because I don't think any performers coming out in today's world dress like Liberace, sounding like Liberace, and acting like Liberace, and people aren't like, bam, that's an easy one. Um, yeah, Liberace's like the 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 100% focus point for Gaydar. It's like, okay, that one I'm sure of. And then the rest, I don't know, we'll have to measure from there. Yeah, that's um, where you tune your Gaydar. <laughs> a 10 is Liberace. Yeah. And then a, a 1 would be like... Fuck, I don't know. Clint Eastwood? <laughs> um, so this movie checks in just under two hours. So I was a little bit nervous going in. Uh, and I should also state that I have no history with this movie. I heard good things about it when it was released on HBO. And I heard some of the circumstance around it that, you know, it was interesting that HBO was really releasing this movie because HBO does do film and they have some good film um, and obviously a lot of great series. But um, movies like this, with this kind of cast power and Steven Soderbergh directing would normally go through a studio. So very interesting that folks didn't want to touch this one. Um, And it does take the angle of having uh, Matt Damon as the lead for this, even though Michael Douglas and Liberace, they're the title and the front build. This movie is 
more about Scott than Liberace. It's it's Scott's journey through Liberace's life at the times when they're kind of connected. So it's an interesting uh, angle to take. And, and I like that because I wouldn't have wanted this to be Liberace's life following him the whole time around. He's um, he's so big when he comes into most of the scenes, um, whereas Matt Damon's character is a little bit more, well, even. I don't know if that's the right phrasing. And I, I'd like following Matt Damon as new into this world rather than Liberace bringing in young boys that way. Maybe that made this movie a little less creepy. I don't know. Um, but yeah, certainly my history with this movie was was very limited. So um, what, what have you guys spent time with this in the past? I realized starting watching this, I thought I'd seen the whole thing. I had not seen the beginning. Um, but the part that I had seen, I don't know, let's say half, two thirds type. Of, um, I remember being really surprised by. I I generally like don't really have a desire to watch movies like this, and it's not because I don't like Liberace or anything like that. It's just it's it. They feel to me like these little relationship dramas that I don't always have the patience for. Yeah. Um. But like I say, I kind of sat down and and got involved in this one just by accident I think it was on HBO something and uh, I remember really liking it and being blown away by the performances in particular mm. Colin what do you got yeah I think you, you this were is the... probably the third time I've seen it I think I've seen it twice um, I watch it by myself when it came out on HBO and then I think I watch it with somebody else or that hadn't seen it or we'd both seen it and we both wanted to watch it again <laughs> Um, the thing that struck me this time is that uh, the performances hold up. Um, both Damon, everybody, not just, but but obviously Ooh, too soon. Damon, <laughs> I'm just talking about the performances. Damon and Douglas, oh, no. <laughs> their performances. It's like, what's your history? You're like, this holds up. <laughs> but the thing that Keep I going. <laughs> Do you know the what thing, the show's about? The thing that I noticed this time was I, I never paid a lot of attention to the writing or the structure, and it, it kind of has a weird structure to it. Did, did you guys find that? So It's just a fuck story. I mean, you could tie this back to the fucking Titanic thing where it's basically just, like, it's just the voyage of a rent boy kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, Scott comes in, he's just a passing... We find out in the beginning he's just the newest boy, right? Yep. He's not going to be there for a while. You you and know then, where it's going to go, right? You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. And Scott main, is like oblivious. But he's the main character, Scott. We we meet him before Liberace and then we see Yes. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with no, you. No, but where yeah. I, what I'm talking about structure is I got confused about uh the first half of the movie because just the way the scenes were unfolding, I kind of forgot that Scott was the main character because of the way they they intermingle the scenes and sometimes we see Liberace without Scott. And um, yeah, so that's true. For, so me, for me, I kind of got a little um, confused as to who I was supposed to be following, is which is why I was mentioning the structure. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I always get nervous at these biopic type movies because they tend to stray from the typical structure, which is very, you know, even if you don't know exactly what's going to happen, you get a sense that like we're approaching a climax, we're approaching um, um, a twist. And then, you know, when things start to turn towards the end of the movie, you expect 
those things to kind of happen. But when you get these kind of biopics, when they stray away from that, that's when I find there can be issues. And then it's like, am I watching a train wreck unfold? In, in which case one scene goes to the next. And it's like, oh my God, what is happening now? Or is it, um, you know, so true that it's unbelievable in the craziness that goes down? So this, um, yeah, I was a little bit nervous when, when we were going into this because I didn't quite know what to expect. And I don't, I don't have tons of history with Liberace other than to know the two things I mentioned about him earlier. So um, I didn't know if he was going to be a... Uh, a deviant or a psycho underneath or any of that stuff. Uh, and certainly he has um, issues with his life, I guess, that that most people don't even get exposed to. But uh, yeah, the structure ended up being a little strange for me at the end of the day. I also... Um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I think it must be tough though, right? Because like you're you're following... Like this is, like they say, it's it's crazy enough it's a true story so um following traditional story structure i mean life doesn't yep and so when you're like transcribing real events to a movie it's not that you can't build that in but i think that challenge must be tough i think it is yeah because you have like we have to cover these things and they don't flow in a way that typically I would like to tell a story. It's like, and then this, and then this. It's like, holy shit, more? And then this, and then yeah. th- and then it, then things got really light. So then we either skip or do whatever. It, yeah, I think it must be like super challenging to to adapt from biography type books. I, I think one yeah, of the best. Again, we go to Moneyball. Sorry, go one on. One of the Paul. best movies that's done this in a in a way that that the structure was solid was Walk the Line with Joaquin Phoenix. That movie is so good because. The storytelling, yeah, the structure and the storytelling uh, is really good on focusing on him. Like uh, the the woman he's in love with, who's also famous, she's in there, but they always hold the line with him. And they walk the line, is, do they? He, they, oh, he's oh, the shit. main character. <laughs> where, whereas, uh, and also they make him a very sympathetic character, and I, I kind of felt like Scott didn't they didn't really make me feel sympathetic for him in the beginning of the movie like scott's not like homeless or scott's not like um he's confused about his sexuality and he's living with some people who we don't really know who they are they're talking about his mother and he should really go and see her or call her and they seem like his parents but we don't know what is going on and who they are so i found the beginning to be kind of confusing this time as to who Scott was and um yeah Th- there yeah. was um sorry there, there was a parallel I was drawing between this and Boogie <laughs> Nights in terms of the main characters um, Me too, going yeah. through mm. like coming up and then g- getting the, the success whatever quote-unquote that is for Dirk Diggler it was being in porn for this guy it was marrying a rich guy um but then they both have their fall from grace and how they handle that and um, so I, I was kind of aware of that and I was like, like Dirk came from a rougher place, um, cause his mom was actually like abusing him. Um, and it like, we miss that from Dame from Damon's, from Scott's backstory. We kind of see him at a place where he's like, he's working a job and he that, that would be kind of a cool job. And you know, people were like, he's working as an animal trainer. He's 18. So some animal trainer company hired him and he was just a kid working on that stuff. I mean, it's not like he was an expert animal trainer and working with Siegfried and Roy at that point. But I got the sense that like 
his life didn't suck except for maybe being a, a young good-looking gay kid in a small town that would you know might might balk against um some of that um but, but we, we don't, don't get see to see a lot of those either. challenges we just we just kind of see him in the midst of like this transitional phase in life and then he meets this this Hollywood guy who takes him to meet Liberace. So it's more a string of events rather than he's down on his luck and setting the stage for his big arc. So it, all, it, it makes me not not it makes me not get behind him in this your movie. Your comparison to Boogie Nights is perfect, I think, because it's not that the characters are the same, but the struggle is yeah. is very comparable. Um, and seeing the way that they develop that family and that character in Boogie Nights is so good. I mean, we see a couple scenes where we see that he's young and immature. We see that he's got a pretty shitty home life. Um, and so like right away we understand, right? Yeah. What the, but like you're is. saying, like with Scott seems like his family is nice. Yeah. They care. And, and they even seem to know like he's, he's gay a- and they, they don't like, they kind of look at each other, but they don't put it in his face. They don't tell him it's wrong. They're just like, that's probably not what we would prefer. And I don't yeah. understand, but and- and John, yeah. John made an interesting point when we were driving home after watching the movie, and I, I, I'd said something about Boogie Nights, and John said the difference is, is that Dirk Diggler becomes the super famous person in the movie. He's the star, where where Matt Damon's character is a hanger on. He he his his he doesn't really have a dream. Like he falls backwards into this, and Liberace makes him his, for better words, his f boy. And, and gives yep. him money and gives him things, but he doesn't really have a dream or a goal he's going for and becomes this super successful person. He's always but just we think, hanging we on think to the that he is. bottom line. We rung. think that that's what's happening because we don't know until the end that he ends up with nothing. It, what, what we do see is him become a star. We see him decked out in diamonds and jewels. We see him getting Rolls Royce gifts and we see him getting a main role in the show and having money enough to buy a house. And like, it seems to us like he is becoming a success. Yeah, but he's not talented. So he's being given it by someone who likes to sleep with him. Neither is Mark Wahlberg. He's just got a big hog. But he's, but he's got a big hog, it. and he's talented using it. He this is talented guy, at using this it. This guy has and no talent. And he's in porn, I mean, that's so it's the, perfect. That's the same thing with Scott. He's I guess, using his hog guess, yeah. and his talent to use it to get guess, this fucking shit. Yeah. Okay, if he became same, a porn but. star uh, like a, and be like the top gay porn actor, I'd be like, then Scott made it. But like Colin said, he's like Scott handed. Scott is that. Scott just works for one client. That's the only difference. But he's a hanger on. He's like Scott, uh, Scott is a prostitute. Okay, he's a rent boy. We can all agree with that. He's not with Liberace because he wants to be. He's with Liberace because he becomes enamored with the lifestyle. Yeah, it, it like he's he falls, but he kind of it's the way he falls into it, right? Where he's not even sure if he wants to hook up with Liberace, but they sleep in the same bed and do all that stuff. Whereas Dirk is like, he's in the he's in the back thing. He's like, you want to see it? You got to charge you. I'm already running this scam. Like this is my life, or not a scam, but this is like my job now. And so then when he gets into it, it's what he was destined to do. Even the women he's fucking are like, you're the best. And then he becomes yeah. the best in the industry he's going. So that's clear to me that that path. Scott might be the best rent boy, but that's not what he sent out to do. In fact, he he seemed to be um, that he was getting into and people were warning him. And he's like, no, it's not like that. He like felt there was a relationship and love and that he was taking care of of Liberace and was still telling Liberace that he was bi. 
which means like there was some part of him that was like not quite two feet into this. It was always one foot and then one foot. And then it just the, the good got so good in terms of the gifts and the money and the other shit. Which you know, and then when once well, Scott he can realizes be bi that, and then be in a relationship, there's nothing. About it's true, that. but I do think that the, I do agree with you that it was, um, it was like a, a dip the toe in thing where you could you have the the ability to pull out. Yeah, um, <laughs> pull not, out that every, not that every not that every nailed it. Not that every bisexual person is is that. But, no, um, it felt to me in this movie. I agree with you that his statement of that was because he wasn't willing to jump in right away. Yeah, they. I think they, um, even uh, Liberace was like, oh, I've never seen that side of you. So it, it made yeah, it seem to me that like... half of you yet. Yeah. Uh, so, which half of that? And, yeah. and as for so, the beginning and the setup of Scott, like he he's hanging out with Scott Bakula's character, who I can't remember what his name is in the movie, and he's clearly gay. And they go to the Liberace show and everybody in the audience... I don't find Bakula as clearly gay, do you? I wonder the whole movie through if you... Oh. Except for the first scene where they meet at the bar. Yeah, I thought yeah, he was. I never... Like, he's never flamboyant. He's never... He's just around, oh. which I actually really like. Because it's... He maybe is, maybe isn't. Okay, he's well, a friend take, of Scott's. Take that away from... Take that away then. Forget what his sexuality is. Um, in the beginning of the movie, Matt Damon seems like whatever he is his sexuality or whatever he's doing he's the society isn't rejecting him like we're seeing his lifestyle like john said his family seems to know but they don't they don't call him out they don't they don't say anything mean or are homophobic no one seems to call him out like he doesn't seem to have any struggle at all like he's just living his life however he wants to live it and he's got a yeah. good job, and then he meets Liberace and becomes a hanger-on. So, like, why yeah. am I rooting yeah, well, for a hanger-on? He's, he's an NPC. He's yeah. an NPC. Well, but I'm like, and then, but I'm, then I'm, to watch him. Well, go ahead, Colin. Do I really want to? Am I really rooting for a guy who's just a hanger-on? Like, all he's all he's doing is trying to get as much money and fame out of Liberace as possible, but he doesn't have a dream. He doesn't yeah. have a goal. He doesn't have ta- real any real talent, unless you want to say that he's good at having sex with him. But, like, he doesn't have, well, I like... I think clearly that's it. Yeah, but I'm just saying... I'm just saying he doesn't have a... There's, there doesn't appear to be... They, don't, they make the movie to seem like there doesn't appear to be anything really special about him, but that he's young and a good lay. So, like... So he's yeah. 18 in a good lay. Like, why am I rooting for that? Um, and he doesn't seem like a good person. I'm not, I'm not sure why either. I, I think yeah. he's a good person. I think that makes a difference. Or he's trying to be a good person. Or, but then over time, he gets so polluted by Liberace and he leans into it and like never turns back. Right. Once, once he gets sucked in, he doesn't really seem to ever have any redemption. Like, he screams at him on the phone, he curses him out. He says he's gonna kill him. Um, yeah, you know. So his re- even his reaction in his fall is kind of negative. Yeah, and that's not juxtaposed by Liberace being the the true white knight character either, because Liberace's like, if this was supposed to make me feel bad about Liberace's life, I don't. Uh, I mean, it's not great that he died the way he died, but he fucked around like a crazy person. So, I mean, how bad do I feel? Oh. 
about that. I don't and feel then bad he, for Liberace. And he, he liked great he time. liked young people so much that he like didn't force them, but uh, used his power and suggestion to get them to do surgery on themselves to make them look like him, which is totally fucking creepy too. So like yeah. at the end of the day, it's an definitely an interesting story. Um, but it's one of those ones where I can't get behind anybody in it, and that takes me out of it a step in in a way that I didn't like in this movie. Like like Colin said, the acting watching Douglas as Liberace was like nomination at the uh, Oscars worthy. Yeah, um, and I don't yes, think excellent. this movie got any kind of any kind of um, uh, recognition for that. Not that well, I saw. So well, no, he um, does. No, oh, no, like him and Matt Damon were were at the Golden Globes. They won. They were at the like all of the awards they could have won. They they both won for acting for this. They were celebrated. For their performances like everyone talked about it but the thing is is that i feel like a lot of people loved the performances but didn't look at the movie as a whole they they looked at just how good the performances were and said well this is an amazing movie this is a great movie but like i'm just not sure if perf- the, the amazing performances are enough even the directing is and the cinematography is very good in this movie um yeah and Matt Damon, this, in my opinion, I think this is his best role wh- where he gets, I get lost in his character and forget that he's Matt Damon um, a lot of the time because he is so good and they're playing off of each other kind of both at like the, maybe the peak of their, you know, acting abilities. Damon, like, this is the thing goes full on in this. He doesn't hold back at all. Yeah. No, and that's what you want from, like, good actors. Because I get, like, every actor seems to have a reason why they're famous, right? Like, you look at all the big ones, right? Like, Will Smith, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, all these guys, like, these big, big celebrities, they have a a specific thing or a specific trait that is about them that brings them to the... People are like, I want that Brad Pitt thing, right? Yeah. I want to see him eat a Twinkie in this fucking movie, right? (laughs) something about it that that compels them so when you see an actor go into a role where that is not the case right where they really have to step outside of themselves which is why fucking um uh fucking jesus christ daniel day lewis is so amazing because it's just about all he does yeah is is go into roles actually and even less for him because he does tend to do those very pronounced um, distinguished aggressive roles where he can bring that same part of himself out. Yeah. But this Michael Douglas um, is a guy that you would normally see just very masculine roles. I mean, this guy comes from a family of like Hollywood masculine nobility. Yeah. And then Matt Damon. I mean, you just. I mean, maybe it's easier to see him in a role like this than Michael Douglas, but it still is him stepping outside uh, himself. 100%. And so you don't see those characteristic uh, statements of self being expressed here. You see true authenticity of character and and a real outplay of like acting uh, excellence. Yep. And I, I agree with, with you guys. I think this is, I actually think this is both of their best roles possibly. Yeah. Yeah. For playing the characters, um, yeah, it, it's especially Douglas. I felt like because Damon uh, Damon played it pretty low key for most, and it's not. I think it's around his drug addiction and after his like after he's in well into the relationship that he starts to change and realize that things aren't like the dreamland that he thought it was. 
and like especially the coke scenes in this with the way that it was directed by Soderbergh getting up close and the constant movement and panning in and out but then Damon's like teeth grinding and and the way he talks and how sweaty like I loved all that stuff because it was like oh my god I'm getting anxious at how wrecked he must be on coke here and and like all the things he's internalizing um but then I uh, yeah no uh, the acting is, is like ridiculously good Rob Lowe's stuff in this is especially hilarious um as uh, Dr. Oh Jack Christ. starts so uh, but he's almost <laughs> too much he's almost a caricature in a movie where everything they nod. else is being played straight yeah they nod a lot like t- they leave the shots on him extra long when he like finishes talking and then turns to take a drink or he can't move his face like it's funny I, we laughed out loud and Colin oh totally Colin loves this character so much in the way that they did it <laughs> Colin you should tell us the story of how Rob Lowe did with the makeup for when he was coming in on the first day yeah, like they hadn't planned to do any makeup, and and he did that. He kind of did it on his own with a friend, and and they. I, I don't think it was the first day of shooting. He just went to Sodenberg and showed him what they had come up with, and so he said, "Do you think this would be good for the movie?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, that's it. We're gonna do that." And it's his. <laughs> the The thing that is is interesting about this movie is the tone, because. The tone has the humor in this movie um, can be um, it can be it can stretch like um, the humor with him getting Scott to look like him and uh, there's just like so much humor in this movie um, but it's also really depressing and serious and dramatic at times so like it felt like See, a satire that's that facing that. Don't you like it's funny, but doesn't that also become like to me that is almost a moment of horror? Yeah, where he's like, he's like, uh, he's gonna get surgery, and he's like, what? And he's like, I want you to make him look like me. Yeah. Uh, to me, like that is actual. Uh, I get that's scary in that moment. It's funny until it happens, right? And you can see Damon's look on his face, the way he played it as they're coming in to give him the mask. You're like, we'll see you soon. And I'm like, don't do it. Don't fucking do it. What are you doing? Yeah. So that went from like funny that that's what Liberace wanted to like Brent said, a horror movie. It's like a <laughs> and satire. Then they, they show all, like the, sat- all the surgery. It's a, it's a satire sometimes, but then like other times where they're arguing and fighting are when the breakup happens and stuff. And Damon is like all coked up and, screaming and running around his apartment are screaming on the phone and the seriousness of like them on the other end how are we going to handle this scott guy and the the lawsuit and the money and all of that it's not satire anymore the satire seems to fall away um yeah even the beginning isn't satire it's almost like the beginning and the ending are more a drama and the middle of the movie is more of a satire like with with like him getting like that guy who's been with Liberace forever fired or the wig stuff with the wig and some of the sexual stuff is like funny and and the conversations they have but like I don't find Liberace to be very likable at all either I find him to be a crazy narcissistic kind of an asshole so like John was saying earlier this isn't a love letter to Liberace this is kind of like uh trashing of him in in my opinion it's not a tragedy of his life right like poor Liberace it is like this guy was like not like what you thought and that we don't mean that he was good and kind and all these other things like I don't I don't ever buy that the two of them are in love 
I always know oh. that Liberace likes the young guys and that Damon is just around for a short period of time till he gets it. So all his spouting off of, oh, I just don't like seeing you upset because as soon as you get upset, I got to find a new 18-year-old until I find that new 18-year-old. Like they're both coming and everyone knows well, it. But you do see at the end, the way that they make it end, they challenge that, don't they? The way that he calls him and they want to spend like a, a moment together. Yeah. Um, where there's no anger or anything else. It's just, it's like a, an acknowledgement of time spent almost. I guess. But then I, um, I was questioning. But, but there does seem to be a, a some kind of a love. I don't know what. A connection. Love. Like they spent time and then Liberace just regretted and didn't want to die alone being hated by people. I mean, I would challenge. So this is written from Scott's perspective, obviously. So facts, you know, are going to be according to what he does. But. I noted that in that final scene, like nobody else was around when Scott got to the house and walked in and like there was some serving people, but that's it. So like, I'm like, did that ever even really happen? Or is that something Scott wrote in to like give his book a nice end? And I went to see Liberace alone and he was dying. And then I said final words and we made up and I left and he gave me a ring. Like it could have just been I went to the house after I knew he died and stole the ring because I wanted some shit. So I don't know, like if this movie it might not have been true to real life, but the way this movie could have worked for me would have been that Scott was an idealist and didn't set out to be with Liberace, but Liberace wooed him and sucked him in and then all the stuff. And then he went through all the surgery. And then when Liberace turned on him and started to do, that's when like I would have felt the tragedy of how mistreated this kid was. Uh, and then I would have gotten behind him to fight for the lawsuit and get his hundred million dollar settlement. But that's, since that's not the way it plays out, I'm like, it just seems like you went in, you knew what you were getting into, it didn't work out, and then you wanted shit you weren't owed, um, and you didn't get it, and then that's it. End of story. Liberace dies of AIDS. And then that's just not, like, the connection of the dots doesn't make that, like, a, a, a super interesting thing to me to watch. It is a tragedy for sure if what, what he says happened, happened, but um, it doesn't... Yeah, it just I needed something to get behind somebody in this. This couldn't just be a train wreck of a movie for me and and that's kind of where it ended. Yeah, it's um, really it's really yeah. hard it's really hard to um imagine uh liking any of these people like Liberace's um if I was like the people like I if I was Liberace's uh, estate or people I would hate this movie. Because I yeah. just feel like it paints him in such a negative light. Like I, I almost feel like there's no humanity in Liberace's character. I don't, other than the very, very, very end, where he's on death's door, and then we finally see some humanity. But like everyone's gonna have that on their deathbed. So like I can't really credit him for having that at that moment. Like when yeah. you're dying, you're gonna you're gonna be your most vulnerable and human. But like we should have seen a lot more of those moments of Liberace's character and Matt Damon's character throughout the movie. Like, yeah, like what we do see from Liberace is that he's actually bald. Oh, poor Liberace. You know what? Most people end up being bald. So like I'm not going to feel bad for him about that and all his millions and that he can't get enough young boys to satisfy his urges and all that other shit. It's all like superficial stuff that relates to his narcissism or whatever personality disorders he's got. But I don't care at that point because I didn't go along with him for the ride to see the tragedies that brought him that way. We're just seeing this man at the point in his career when he's already had everything and is so loaded rich that he's like crying about the woe is me shit. I'm so alone because people don't connect with me, but all the boys and all the stuff. It's like, man, shut up. Shut up. 
so that it just it's tough it, it puts a um a weird spin on this that I was trying to think, like, what is this movie truly about? Like, what are the hardcore deep themes? And I'm not sure that we get a lot of that because it's following just this weird, tragic story in a way. Um, it's kind of devoid of some of those themes. Like, what are the themes here? Yeah, it's also tough without an end game. Like, when it when you go into a movie and you see the characters going for something, a goal of some kind what's scott's goal to just continue to to hang on to to liberace to keep living in a mansion and driving nice cars and getting expensive diamond rings and like if that's his goal how can i get behind that like his goal isn't isn't to become an entertainer his goal is to just like keep um like walk on eggshells around liberace until the point where he's so So drugged up he can't how do you address this then in a movie that is true story, yep, right? Yep. So what they're doing is because Scott Thornton, um, I mean, by all sense, seemed like he was this guy, right? Yep. I mean, after he was done with Liberace, this guy's in and out of jail until he died of ass cancer. So <laughs> is that true? I mean, it's wait, 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 is that true? Yeah. Okay, so I don't know this story. So he was in and out of jail for. His his whole yeah, life. He's, he's he, yeah. It just he was in Reno and apparently just always getting in shit after and Liberace. Like, yeah, because he was a drug after addict. After Liberace, and like yeah, that stuff doesn't easily go away. And I think well, and like you said, he got like a hundred thousand dollars from this movie, and he what did you say, Colin? He blew it in two months. He blew it in a couple of months on cars and jewelry, and it was all gone. Yeah, yeah. Do you see? Like that's not a that's like that is very obviously who he is, right? Yeah, and so like. I guess my question to you guys is like, you're right. Like this movie struggles with, with really solid themes. And I think you can sew in possibly like a, a nice little story here um, with some emotion, but how do you um, fix those problems with character and theme when what this is, is just a portrayal of a really interesting story that I do want to know this story. Yeah. I, I, it's a great question. I think you have to either take more liberties that that um, pull you away from the source material um, and use it as a guide to tell a more generalized and less true story story, or you don't tell the story at all in film format and leave it as the book um, and people can read about Liberace. Like I, I could have probably you could have told me about the key elements of this movie in you think fifteen this is, minutes. You think this is so bad that you shouldn't even have put it on film? No, uh, no, I'm not saying that exactly. I just I'm saying that what we ended up with here doesn't make for a super uh, interesting enough or engaging movie that it it was worth the two hours it took to watch it. Like now that I've now huh. that I've finished watching it, right? I don't. I don't like I had never seen it so I didn't feel like I was needing to get back into something that wasted my time Uh, I do feel like I have a few more nuggets of wisdom around Liberace because I didn't know much about the guy like I said rhinestone rhinestones and and piano playing were about it Um, you know but but it's all like from the the legends that you hear oh Liberace this Liberace that so I didn't have a ton of expectations that way and so I mean all I can tell you Brent is that ultimately I came out of this with like Eh, 
shit. Like that's just kind of shitty and, and uh, I, I unfulfilled. I felt unfulfilled at learning about the story of Liberace. And if like I, his life ultimately was unfulfilling, then and that's the whole point of this. That's fine. It's just it's hard to watch movies that end in that unfulfilling way. Yeah, this isn't a story of Liberace though. This is a story based on Scott's book. Yeah, yeah Scott's even but, less interesting to me. Yeah, so yeah, true. So that's true. so that's the problem is is what John said is true. This shouldn't have been a movie unless they could have found a way to write it differently. They they would have had to have done it like Boogie Nights, where where you see you feel because Boogie Nights makes you feel so much for Dirk Diggler in the beginning, the way his mom is and she puts him down. And so when he says stuff like he's going to be a big star and stuff, you know that's coming out of a place of insecurity. It's not cockiness or arrogance. He feels so bad about himself that he feels like the only way he could ever feel good about himself is if he became a big, big star. We don't have that with Scott. We don't, we don't have that kind of sympathy, um, our connection with him. And then he so quickly falls into this lifestyle and into the drugs and into the, the excess and the money. He's always in the pool. Like, where yeah. is the struggle? Where's his struggle that he's overcoming something? Because the same thing happens with Dirk Diggler is he gets into the drugs and he falls down. But we're sympathetic for him so when that happens to him we feel bad and we we want him to you're sympathetic for mark there why well because he worked i think i am because he worked so hard and he achieved his dreams and then it just went too far and i could see yeah, but he fucks it up for himself he, it's he totally of does his own bad decisions well, like he becomes a fucking dick but the, he's gonna like fucking but then he redeems like, himself where he goes but then he redeems but, but, himself right he goes back how and he, by getting hard again no he asks he asks for help he goes back he admits his wrongs <laughs> he, apolog- he, he apologizes, <laughs> and he, apologizes. Admits, he admits he made mistakes and and you know what? He is fine in that movie. But why? Why does he apologize? Does he apologize because he feels bad? He ended up in a shitty situation, or because he legitimately re- uh, has wants redemption? But, but seemed the, like he wanted redemption to me. Yeah, and I'm not. And I'm not disagreeing with any of this. I'm just. I'm no, no. I know I'm you're, you're doing and, the and brand, the writing um, sets it up for. His, he gets into drugs because even when he, the first time he does coke, it's with Julianne Moore, who's really like his mother figure. That he's having yeah. sex. Well, that's when she even says that, doesn't yeah, she? Yeah, she calls him that. And, and she, yeah. he says he doesn't want to do the coke and he's never done it before. And she's like, oh, come on, do it with me. Come on, do it for me. So like that's he is surrounded by people who who lead him down this bad path. Yeah. Um, much like Liberace does with Scott. Because Scott didn't like jewelry and didn't like cars and didn't like excess until he meets Liberace. But his life was pretty good. If he never met Liberace, he'd probably be a dog trainer or he'd be working at a veterinarian clinic or he'd be working on the movies in some kind of a capacity. And yeah. like this guy was doing a job that I would take now. Yeah, when he was eighteen. I was like, on I was like, cool. With the animals. I know yeah. it was. And they cool. showed. Yeah, they showed it. So cool. He was, and he was good at it too. I could tell, even though he was young, and they were asking questions. And his his responses were <laughs> were funny um, about like getting the dog to do this and why they can't. And he was obviously in love with the animals, right? Like, and and he was like, "Oh no, we can't do that for these reasons." And then the director was like, "What is this guy?" But but I I like that. Like, what a job that would be to train animals. And he was like, he was like, attack here and attack here. I was like, this guy's in his element, and that has nothing to do with where he goes or his dreams or ambitions. And I was and he like, he never okay. goes back to it. He never he never he's never interested it through his. 
history with Liberace, and then he never like he never wants to go back to that, or it ne- never comes up again. His love for animals. Are so could any they of that. could they have put maybe some more drive of that in there, like that he was he had this like push and pull between like wanting the the Liberace lifestyle, but also wanting to like pursue, um, you know, this other career this like more kind of grounded like uh i want to be a veterinarian i'd like you know i have these goals and then that split kind of that tension in himself being pulled between the two lives like liberace could that have been a foundation for this yeah liberace could have been the gatekeeper right liberace could have been like oh i can help you get all of that like you like working in movies i can make sure that but then he pulls it back and he's like come work for me and stay close to me and then we would have maybe been like oh liberace's like tricked him He, he gaslighted him he got but that doesn't happen. Yeah, he's told by the good. people he loves, Matt Damon's character, like this is what you're walking into, and he's like, "No, it's different." And it's like, "Okay, here we go," and there we go. Well, even that other guy, that other guy, the Liberace's fucking uh, previous rent boy, uh, house boy, or whatever, yep. um, comes by and is like, "You're gonna be gone just like the rest of them." Yeah, and then his response is to get him fired. Yeah, yeah, and get a check. Yeah, yeah, and get a check. Yeah. So he's not so, a good person ever. Like, I, what's his save the cat? He doesn't really have a save the cat. I mean, that he looked after Liberace, I guess. And he did seem to take that he was looking after him, which is such a weird way to talk about a partner. Like, he, he was even the having trouble. The 40 years older than him. This guy needed taken care of. Probably. I mean, it's true. But, like, even in the lawsuit, um, when he's being deposed, Matt Damon's like, this is really difficult to talk about. And I'm like, you didn't even know what you were in. Like... Even if he had been able to explain that, like I was, you know, I, the way he talked about it was like, you know, Liberace is kind of like my dad that I have to fuck and take care of. And I got all the shit in return. Like that, that was it. Not like we're in love and I love him and I just want him to be happy and healthy. He always wanted something else. And it, yeah. it just, it bugged me because it, it, I don't know. Yeah, he it, doesn't it have that naive. He doesn't have that naive kind of heart of gold that Diggler has in the beginnings no. of, of his career where he he likes everybody he works with like he makes friends with them he tells Julianne Moore before their big sex scene that he really wants it to be good and he wants it to be sexy and and like he's a really nice sweet kid like even when he yeah. shows his that's dick, exactly the thing yeah they, they turn him into a kid yeah they even yeah. show his dick when they he shows his dick to the colonel at the pool he like does it. He pulls down his pants, and the colonel says thank you. And then he just goes and runs and jumps into the pool. Mm-hmm. Like for him, it he he's not bragging or being. He's just this young guy who's having fun, and he's likable. I mean, he also does seem like he's got an IQ of seventy five. Yep. Yep. Wow, well, and that Which makes is him likable so too. There's a reason. So uh, it does, but that's like another reason why we cheer for yeah. him because with a guy that's stupid, you kind of think like everything is taking advantage of him, right? If you're not holding his hand through everything. Yeah. And like that, that is like the, the very result of giving someone with a fucking malformed brain all that money and, and opportunity. And right? they paired him with Jack, um, played by what's his name? Uh, Burt Reynolds, Burt who Reynolds, was the perfect yeah. father figure for him. Because while Burt is into the lifestyle of drinking and sex and he allows the drugs, though he doesn't seem to do any himself, he is still like that caring father figure who wants the best for Dirk. And he only throws Dirk out after Dirk is kind of a lost cause. And then he lets him come back when he is ready to. Liberace is not that to Scott in this. He's not the wise old man who like tries to help and fails. And Scott is the problem. Because that's another way you could have gone with this movie where Liberace was trying to change. 
and settle. And Scott became this raging lunatic. And so Liberace went on to the next big thing and all the conflict from that. Um, it's weird. Like it would have been I, like I Boogie they... Nights if, if Dirk had gone crazy, but also um, uh, uh, Jack had also been like a raging crazy person. And then the craziness of the two of them combined into more craziness. I would have been like, what the fuck is happening here? So having the, this... the um, having the kind and gentleness to both of those characters makes that work really well because you're like, I wouldn't mind being a part of this family minus all the sex and drug stuff. Maybe I yeah, maybe leave the sex. I don't know, but. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but I don't get that with this. I think they should have modeled this movie more after Boogie Nights, considering everything we're talking about here. It seems like that's the young up and comer. Feels story. like it was poorly based on it. Like, yeah, not like, poorly based on it, but like poorly using that because Matt Damon does have that that boyish immaturity in the beginning, yep. and and I think that is what brings us into cheering for him is that. We see him with dogs, so you fucking tricked us by bringing animals into it, right? <laughs> and then, and then we see that he's like, kind of like, oh, and then he's like, you know, he's he's kind of not sure about about going down the sexual path with Liberace. Like they're in the hot tub, you can see he's uncomfortable. They sleep together. I mean, it's obvious at that point, yeah. what's going on. But he, I mean, that, I guess that that obliviousness that. Um, naivete that is what they're counting on for us to cheer for yeah right yeah there's so many and scenes. i agree it's not enough like there, there needs to be more character for scott yeah there's so many little scenes Something. in boogie nights where where you see how much um uh the uh the director likes like likes dirk on a on a personal level and like where they have conversations about the movie they want to make and all of this, and they all have dream that they're kind of going for, and they're all they're all helping each other out, and they're so supportive, like a family. And then when you see that scene where Dirk can't get it up because he's done too much blow, and they have it out, and they get into a fist fight, like you're like, holy shit! And there's such drama and tension there. This doesn't have any of that kind of kind of feel. Um, because like John said, you never really believe Liberace does love Scott until maybe the end where he said like, out of all the guys that I, I was with, you were the one that I liked the best or something like that. But but it's yeah. too late by then because the movie is over. You needed more scenes like that in the beginning, in the middle, like to show that they actually did, did care for one another and they had a human element. They weren't just both out yeah. for getting what they wanted. They're so selfish. These two characters are incredibly yeah. Yeah. selfish, selfish people. Yep. I I thought they missed a huge opportunity at the end when Liberace's laying in bed with his hair off. Like, you kill him right there, and then you have Scott put his hair on, like they discussed earlier uh, in the see? movie. You're right. And then right there, that's the end of the movie. Boof. Oh, right? Scott pillows him. Yeah, Scott pillows but then him puts with the his wig, wig on. and then puts and the then hair puts back on. <laughs> that would have been amazing. But then he would have been admitting the murder if he put that in his yeah, book. Yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> technically. No. Well, he doesn't say that. He just says, "And then he died suddenly, and I put his hair on." Yeah. See, that's a nice tender thing. That's a nice tender thing. That to me, because I thought that's what was going to happen right there. I when he was laying in bed without his hair, I was like, "Oh, here it is." Like Liberace slips into into sleep here and 
Scott puts his hair on and that's the it. other thing that and like that's the perfect place to end it because it shows that affection like that gives it that's a, at least a nod towards that that selfless love that they're supposed to have at least a, 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 a bit of yeah that's that's the other yeah. thing too is I never get a sense whatsoever that Liberace enjoys playing the piano enjoys performing he even he even says I don't touch these pianos when I'm when I'm not working, I don't play. I don't get his. I don't get his sense that he loves music, that he loves what he does for a living. Like in Boogie Nights, you get a sense like when when they make that movie, and he's like, "It's a real movie, Jack, or whatever." And and he's so proud of it, and he talks about how he wants to make a real movie. And Dirk Diggler, when like he sees his performances and and stuff, and he's like so proud of winning his awards in the beginning. And like, I feel no, I don't see any sense of pride in Liberace. He's just doing it like a job, like a factory worker. Gotta go yeah. out, I gotta do it, and I can get off stage so I can fuck kids and do blow. <laughs> like, where is the love for Ooh. his, how did he get so, <laughs> how, how did he, how did he become, Whoa. how did he become so good? You know, like, where is this history of, of his love for for what he did for a living. Yeah. Because when I watch some of the recordings of him performing, and one of them in particular that has a bunch of hits on YouTube is um, him standing up and saying, normally I'd wind down right now, but I'm having such a good time and I like talking to you. I want to play more for you. Is that okay? And the audience is like, yeah. And he does like a 15-minute additional set on top of the five-minute thing that he was going to do. And I was like, fuck, that guy is like super great at connecting with that audience. And giving and taking yeah. and like that seemed really nice of him so even if he had some dark elements to his life i, I needed more of the light that he brought to people yeah. rather than just the fact that he seemed like his whole thing was about having someone dote on him so that he could feel good about himself think i, I found that he seemed to be like well he he was he seemed to have an element of self-loathing yep right because like his gayness and then talking about how he was a devout catholic and how he just knew that it was wrong, but he's like doing it anyways. Yep. Um, like, fuck, I lost my point talking about all the, all the. About God Liberace and, redeeming himself or showing the good side of himself. Yes. Yes. Because he does seem like a very nice guy and like his stage shows, um, like I was doing a little reading on him and it's he like, he would say, he's like, I don't, I don't do concerts. I put John, I put on shows. Yeah. Right. And then he added, they called it schmaltz, which is like the, to him like interacting with the crowd and doing you know little talks and little you know funny bits or whatever um like that seemed to be really where he was alive was on stage That's, and yeah and when he was a kid apparently he um he had a speech impediment he got bullied like relentlessly for being effeminate and uh he never liked sports and he just it seemed like all of that put him into seclusion of just playing piano all the time right so and then you know he turns into this virtuoso just just through matter of dedication almost you know as a result of his inability to participate in normal life otherwise well, i, I wonder, think if is, you would have showed this, more of that yeah should this been more yeah. of like rocket man's structure where we got to see more of elton john's life and hardships and how some of the original songs were being written and pushed through i think so because I liked Rocket Band. That's by far not a p 
perfect movie, but of the music movies that have been made lately. Yeah, I like that. To me, yeah. that that's the better one. Because well, the Freddie Mercury one, one is atrocious. I didn't I like if, it that at all. Because they're like, oh, is, here yeah. we just this happened, and we wrote this song, and then we got big, and then we wrote this song, and then we wrote this song. It's like, eh, Rocket Man did that better, much better for the inspiration yeah. behind. So maybe Liberace's life should have been the focus here. Like, get into some of his young. And then end it with like some of the tragedy around this period of his life and focus on Scott as the one uh, F boy that that kind of, you know, really should have stuck with him. But he blew it. Right. Because he was on to the next young yeah. thing. But that's a good story. Again, that's not what but we I, got. That's not I what I think we got. you could have had scenes. Think of think if you just had a couple of scenes like this where him and Scott were having a hard time. And Scott got mad and said, well, I'm going out. I'm going to the bar. I'm going to be with my friends. I'm young. And he, and he storms out. And Liberace's alone by himself, which he hates. And he goes to the piano. And he just starts playing a sad song. And, like, maybe he starts to cry or something. And, like, he's alone and he's playing music. Something sad on the piano. Because that's all he's got. Then, yeah. Then we would have yeah. gotten sense. And you zoom, the out, you zoom out of the thing and see this giant palatial estate yeah. that he's Empty in. Empty with him. And he's... And he's by himself yeah. at this like diamond you boys are nailing piano. it you boys are nailing it you would have just had a great sense of you would have you would have there's no humanity where's that humanity in a movie about just, these two humans he just says it i hate i hate people i hate when they judge me and blah 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 like he, he says that but if we had shown that and like yeah. shown why it's because he's so alone and can't connect with people and that's partly because of his fame and partly because he has this appetite for for young men that that isolates him and and that's not like the easiest thing to get and at least have meaningful relationships that way maybe i would have actually felt some sympathy for the guy um but as it was left i'm i'm not as sympathetic towards him the things that brent just yeah. mentioned about his past and his childhood and stuff he, you wouldn't even have to do flashbacks you could just have like had him talk about that a little bit and then when he is alone you show how he feels about himself, about his sexuality, about because uh, he's always hiding it, and um, he's always suing everybody who's saying he's gay when he is. But like we don't see how it impacts him psychologically, negatively. We just see the narcissism. He should, he should be suing those people. Yeah, we we just see the narcissism, though. That's it. Yeah, yeah. It's empty. There's an well, emptiness. Well, I mean, I think, I think. I think we I I don't think there's an emptiness to him because I think Michael Douglas does give us that loneliness, that isolation, that vulnerability, that sensitivity. Yeah. Um and then also that diamond encrusted outside, right? His armor yeah. that he puts on that defends him from all the fucking criticisms and aggressions of the world by almost being so outwardly aggressively flamboyant that all the fucking uh, mush brains of the time couldn't even figure out that he was gay, right? It's like it's like his, well, and his big wings and all that shit, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I think that we get that. I just get the con. I, I don't. I don't disagree that with. I. <laughs> I think that um, with the whole movie put into place, I don't think that that that's enough. And I agree with John. If we do make this movie about Scott's book. We do Scott's book, but we put that into the last two thirds or last uh, whatever, right? And we we spend a little bit of time in the beginning just establishing some some time, right? Some character, yep. and and we maybe do like a quick brush through Liberace's childhood, because um, I don't like the idea of it just being being exposed, uh, uh, 
you, what's the fucking word that I'm looking for? Uh, uh, you know, when they just talk about what it is. Oh, right. Instead of showing us. No, that's Speak fair. Along. I hear what you're saying. But so, so what I also fuck, see too is... Fucking explain a log. <laughs> as good as... Yeah, explain, explain a log, log, but there's an actual word. As good, Christopher Nolan does it all the time. <laughs> as good as Michael Douglas's performance is, though, when he does, when he does have good dialogue scenes, everything he says to me is either self-aggrandizing because he feels bad about himself so it's a lie or it's a con to get scott to sleep in the bed it's a con to get scott to stay it's a con to get scott to let him sleep with the other guy everything he says to me is manipulative either to hide how he feels about himself but does he ever lie but no but it's either to hide about how he feels about himself or to get what he wants there's never a moment where I see him being genuine and true throughout the whole movie. You're you're saying that he's deceptive, though. I don't know that he's being deceptive to Scott, or if Scott just thinks that there's something else there. Or like it's Liberace a self-deception, very- maybe. He's like not saying it yeah. outright to lie. It's what he maybe thinks he believes, but it, it's obviously not the case. But it's not genuine. Perhaps, it's never yeah. genuine. Yeah, that's like that's, the moment in the diner where true. where the moment in the diner where Jack talks about making a, a movie that that people want to see the story and sit the whole way through. There's something genuine about that, and there's so many genuine moments with Dirk, uh, whether it's with Julianne Moore. There's just there's just no there's I don't ever really feel like I see these guys who for, for who they truly really are, just what they want to present to the world. Yeah, I get that feeling mostly even with each other. There's like one or two intimate moments, but it's all in between all this other stuff that's not. Um, like Liberace tries to encourage Scott to do more of his music and then they move on. And then like 10 minutes later, he's like, did you listen to my music? And he's like, no. And then we just move on. And I'm like, there was an opportunity for something genuine there that was missed. It's just another pile on the fire of them being like pu- putting um, shit in between them. So I can't tell it like at what point who's into who more or if one is and one isn't or if it was all just bullshit because enamored with wealth and enamored with 18-year-old boys. So I don't know. There's something that Colin's saying that that smacks true around the the characters being genuine. Um, It's all until that last scene and by then I'm just like, but I don't even know if that's genuine because like if, if I was dying and then an old partner came by and it was just me and them and I wanted some company I might say I really had a great time with you you're like one of the best if not the best and let's connect and it's like yeah, but, but it's he, not true but he calls them I guess maybe it, he called it, everybody it's not just happens no but maybe he called maybe, everybody maybe yeah right like that that's that's where I, I am at the end of that movie because I'm like how many people was he with he obviously wasn't going to call the young kid who gave him AIDS but like there was maybe he was calling the pool boy or the house boy or maybe he was calling the former prodigy like, I just don't know, and I would assume that he probably did because he seems like that kind of person by the end of the movie, and I don't think that's where you wanted to leave me. Yeah. yeah. I think huh. it does feel like a smear job on Liberace, too. Like, if I was Liberace, uh, and I like, I would not be happy be with this movie. <laughs> yeah. If, <laughs> if I was Liberace and I was up in heaven, let's say he's up in heaven, and I was like, oh, they made a movie about me? What's it like? Oh my god! What? I'm an asshole. Maybe maybe skip this one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, 
we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Let's uh, let's start to wrap this one up, fellas. We got um, we've had some some interesting conversation. Unless there's anything else anyone wants to bring up about this, uh, I think uh, everybody was. Ackroyd was good. Rob Lowe is is a memorable, hilarious character. Uh, yeah. There's a ton of celebrities in this that do cameos. Uh, I uh, uh, I thought it was the acting was great. Um, it looks good. The directing is good. The wardrobe is good. I mean, there's a ton of good things about this movie. Once again, it always falls down in the writing for me when something doesn't work. And um, everybody Leave did a to good the job. to say that. Yeah. The <laughs> guy who, every time, the screen, every single movie. The screenwriter exactly who wrote this, the, the screenwriter who wrote this is the guy who wrote Fisher King. Oh, wow. Which is very upsetting oh. because... He, Richard, uh, I can never pronounce his last name. Richard. Uh, Richard Fisher, Fisher King. La yeah, Graveness. Sure. La Graveness. Anyways, he's the one who wrote the Fisher King. So it's very upsetting to me that his script falls so short from uh, in these areas that he did so well in projects in the past. Now, he, there's two other people who are co-credited for writing in this as well. So this wasn't like a original screenplay by him. It was obviously based on Scott's book and Scott had input in the script. So Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anybody wanna Well, who wants to go first? Colin? I'm happy to. I think we know where you stand. Oh yeah. John. I'm happy to if you guys want. Yeah, go ahead. Give her. Okay. Um I think for me this this doesn't hold up. Um I mean, yeah, we we've gone a lot around this it's the overall story and the way that they wrote it like the story might be fascinating this might be if you told me like oh Liberace hooked up with this guy but he really liked other guys and was like all this and then the drug addicts and then they broke up and then he called him on his deathbed and all very sad I'd be like oh crazy that's a crazy end of Liberace's life but I think they they tried to do things or I don't know what they were thinking with this movie honestly like at the end of the day they they didn't watch the first cut and go like oh my god like I kind of hate everybody here and it's not so tragic that like there were big stakes like people's people dying of disease is obviously not great. But like we're used to seeing movies where like the universe or the world is is at challenge or true love is being challenged. But I don't get that here. I don't get that there was ever true love between these people. I think it was a convenient relationship for a while and then it wasn't convenient for one and the other took it badly. And then there was some regret later on. But I mean, I don't know. Not not that crazy. This wasn't a story about. Like even um, this wasn't a, a movie about being gay either. Like in the hardships of that, it it wasn't about gay relationships. It wasn't about the music industry being tough. This was really just a relationship between two people that was just kind of fucked up. So I'm not into super watching it. I I now I know this story. There's no way I'd ever check this out again. Uh, if I did, it would be for Michael Douglas's Liberace. And Matt Damon was great in this. He was what he needed to be. Um, in terms of portraying that character and and portraying it well, but like Michael Douglas is the star of the show here by far. Like I've not seen him in a role like this before, and that's what's going to be super memorable for me that I that I end up taking away from this. It looked and sounded fine. The editing was I, I only like maybe one scene looked like it cut a little quick for me. So like nothing in the editing or or cinematography or anything in this movie called a question. Costumes were great. Um, I liked all that stuff. It really is comes down to the story and the way that this was told. Probably too too close to the subject matter, and and maybe that's how Scott forced it to be. But not for me. Um, 
just because of not not there in story. So does not hold up for Johnny Boy. Who next? Colin, me, you. I, I'm you go, okay. Brent. Well, I'm okay with going right. and saying. I think I already said it. It's the the screenplay lets us, this movie down. Um, yeah. Everybody did such a good job um, in doing their part, and uh, the the writing they 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 needed to rewrite the script a couple of more times before they went to shooting it. I don't think this could have been fixed on set. You you would have needed to go back and do maybe a another two or three drafts of this to really find the humanity in these characters and make us make us feel something for them rather than just show their their narcissism and the excess. Uh, it's almost like uh, a bad version. Or it's all, it reminds me a bit of uh, Entourage in that way. Entourage mm. always felt hollow and empty. Um, you don't want your story to feel like it's just about the swimming pools and the cars and the coke. Uh, there needs to be something more there. And, and uh, unfortunately, there there wasn't in this, so it doesn't hold up. Hmm. And I'm shocked to say that because I was 100% sure this was going to when we, before we watched it. Yeah, we, we I had seen in. it twice before, and um, uh, yeah, look, look, I hadn't seen it in a, probably 10 years, but it's it's not, it doesn't hold up for me. Brent Delicious. Wowzers. Uh. Well, for me, I will say that it does hold up. Um, I think this is a good movie. I think it suffers from some problems and there could be, you know, some better development of character and story. Um, But overall, as a moment of time, as a as just a real honest reflection on this story, um, and just seeing it go through like, no, maybe it doesn't follow all the cinematic, uh, expectations or, or, uh, you know, the academic understanding of what it should be or could be. But I think all in all, this does as a package, uh, still provide an entertaining watch and a good story. And the actors are amazing and the sets and costumes are amazing. And the directing is fucking good. And like this movie has so much good about it. Yeah. It, it struggles a little bit, but does it like, if, would I say that it, you shouldn't watch it? Fuck no. Watch this movie. It holds up. It's not going to be the best flick you ever saw, but it's going to be better than a pile of them. Better than most, I'd say. I just won't watch it again. Um, I'm done with it now. And that that's sad because that's the problem for me is I don't, I don't want to watch it another time. I've seen Schindler's List one time. I'll never watch it again. <clears throat> yeah. But it's powerful. That as a metric to me doesn't matter. This is also depressing too. So uh, you just mentioned Schindler's List. This is a bit of a depressing movie at the end of the day. <laughs> There's not a lot of uh, it is, yeah. sunshine at the end of the no. film. There's no happy ending for anyone here. Liberace's bald. Then he gets AIDS. Fucking Scott's dumb. Then he's fucking a poor. Drug addict. And a drug addict. Yeah, he he ruins himself with the drugs. The drugs you always see as the turning point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That paranoia picks up. The behavior changes. Of course, Liberace wants to go elsewhere. Yeah. 
So there's a Can't there's an interesting him. question. Can't did blame he the Roch. did Liberace go a different way because of uh, Scott and his drugs, or was he going that way all the time anyway? And Scott just was drugs to deal with it. There's the conundrum to think about. Um, we might have less uh, crazy things to think about next week in our flick, which is Step Brothers. Woo! Oh, that's exciting. Gonna go up to Comedy Realm with uh, 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 Bill um, Riley. Um, Bill C. Riley, and who else is it? Uh, it's Damon Will again. Farrell. Will Farrell. It's Will Farrell, right? It's the drummer. It's that drummer from Chili Peppers. <laughs> Time <laughs> to. Say goodbye. <laughs> we will, of course, follow that up the following week with What's Eating Gilbert Grape and then finish off this month with The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. But first, it's The Step Brothers. So that'll be coming at you next week, folks. Um, might be slightly less musical, but maybe a bit more fun. Yes, let us hope for that. You guys think Step Brothers is going to hold up? I'm not sure. I actually didn't like this movie the first time I was time the I same. I was the same. I didn't like uh, Step Brothers the first time I saw it either, but I have now seen it 20 times. <laughs> and I I was looking I at movies. I've seen it a few times. I've since. been looking at was looking at movies to watch last night after Brent and Hillary left and it it popped up and I almost did watch it. So, but then I was like, "No, I'm going to wait till next week." So, yep. I wanted to watch it though. I uh one of my favorite characters in the movie is not the main characters, but it's the brother played by, um, I can never remember what his name is, but it's uh, Will Ferrell's brother who he hates. Uh, him and his family <laughs> who all sing. I I love that character. Uh, I forgot. And of course, the one? Richard Deacons from uh, Six Feet Under is amazing in it oh, yeah. as well. He... Uh, I love Richard Deakins. He's a great actor. <clears throat> What's the movie where they're the conjoined twins with Matt Damon and... I've tried watching that. It's called... I cannot remember what it's called, but I've tried watching it recently. It's Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear. And Greg it's a Kinnear, far, that's Fairly right. Brothers, oh, yeah. Fairly Brothers movie, Stuck on You. Yeah, and, that's... Uh, I, I watched that forever ago. I could not I get... That up I in my not get, I couldn't get through it. I, I watched yeah. about 15 that minutes and I That doesn't surprise me. I think... It. The Farrelly brothers were a fairly 90s <laughs> thing. Ah, <laughs> but probably they don't last here. No. Their humor was uh, was a was a time. A time fizzler? Yeah, I mean, some humor lasts and some humor doesn't, right? And Farrelly brothers had a thing that was, that at the time, was groundbreaking. Like, it was, it brought a new element of humor in. I think that had a, a little bit more of a crass nature to it. And it was one of those kind of open society up to a little bit more edgy humor. Uh, but it's also equates now to the equivalent of poopy butthole humor uh, in a lot of senses. Yeah. Right. And, yep. and being a guy that probably uh, is along those lines of humor. A lot of times I don't expect anything good from those. Yeah. And we might have a uh, kingpin uh, reboot or sequel to that the Farrelly's might be involved with so let's pray that that maybe that, that is my exception I fucking love Kingpin, Kingpin is good alright folks oh as he says it from across the room uh, something about yeah, Mary something is about good Mary. King, Kingpin <laughs> might be a bit more for me 
Well, we will uh, get into Step Brothers next week, my friends. Um, thank you for coming over for Behind the Candelabra. This was a very interesting movie to watch, and I'm, uh, I-, I loved all the different opinions and stuff that we had on it. It can obviously hit in different ways. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming out for this one. We will check you in next week's Step Brothers episodes. And until then, folks, enjoy your shit. Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.